And welcome to Play Comics, a show where we normally look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. But today, we're going to jump straight to the source material part and completely forget about a video game because it doesn't exist yet. We're talking to John Horsley about a comic book that he is getting ready to put out. Just because I think he's cool and I want to talk about it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, there may be a game someday, so it's just a pre-episode, right? Oh, yeah. That, it could definitely that'd happen. Be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, it's not a problem at all. Thanks for being the first victim I have in this little thing. I'm always willing to be the first, especially when it comes to anything like this. <laughs> so, John, why don't you tell us a little bit about your book, just like the overall elevator pitch? Sure, sure. I always say that I can do this quickly, but it always ends up being a long, long answer, so I'll do my best here. So, the Ions Anthology, the book that I'm putting out, it's a collection of short stories, which is what you get typically in an anthology. However, the twist and the, what's different about this book from most anthologies is the fact that each story is connected. And each story is connected to a bigger world, but they all involve the same family, but they all involve the same family throughout time. So you'll have stories from like 1850, you'll have stories from like 1960, but they deal with members of the same family. So you have like the great-grandfather and the, and the grandson and stuff uh, in different stories dealing with these these elements that are you know, somewhat similar in a way because the whole idea of the book is there's this family called the Eins and they are accustomed to, they are attracted to, they are aware of and, and around the supernatural, the occult, the monsters of the world, and the things that go bump in the night. And all those monsters and the supernatural elements are drawn to this family. And the family doesn't really know why and the monsters don't know why. It just, it just been how it's been since before recorded history to where that they are both attracted to each other and there's some pull that brings them together. Now, in this world, not everything is what it seems. Not every, you know, not every monster hunter or Ainz is a good person. Not every monster is a bad person because in the real world, things are not always black and white. There's definitely gray areas. And that's the way we, we wrote the characters of this book is to make them to where you have some people who are on the righteous side and some people who are on the I don't care side because you can't expect every member of a family throughout all of time to, you know, always want to carry on the family tradition. I mean, it really sounds like a super interesting concept. Where did y'all come up with the idea? So it's, it's an interesting question because, like, I was um, doing web comics for, God, 16, 13, 16 years, something like that. 13 years. It was 13 years from 2003 to 2016. And I was doing these, you know, humor-based web comics, you know, story-based humor-based web comics. And then for a while, back in, like, 2008, 2010, I did, um, I turned my web comic into a zombie-themed horror comic. That was still, you know, comedy horror, and that was a lot of fun. And then in 2016, I decided I wanted to, you know, kind of go out of, retire, quote-unquote, from webcomics and, and go out with a bang. So in 2016, I did this whole thing where I was like, you know what? I'm going to post a 1,000 webcomic pages in a year. So I'm going to do a, I'm gonna produce 1,000 pages of comics. And over the course of 2016, I, I hit that goal of releasing 1,000 webpages of webcomics that year. 
And at the end of the year, I, re- I basically quote, I retired from web comics. Being I'm, just, I'm not going to do web comics anymore. I'm going to focus on doing print comics because I figured after 13 years, I wanted to move on to something different, you know, try something new. So I started working on these ideas to what do I want, what do I want to do? Do I want to do a superheroes thing? And I'm not really, I mean, I like superhero comics, but I'm not super into writing or drawing them because I just don't want to. Uh, it's not my strong point. So I started thinking, okay, am I going to do like a uh, a slice of life comic? Am I going to do like some, uh, go back to the humor comics or, or, you know, I've always liked drawing monsters and scary things and things that are just messed up. Um, so much so that when I was a kid, if I looked, I looked back at some of my old drawings when I was like 12 and I'm like, why didn't my parents get me checked out? Because this is pretty demented. This is pretty dark, like severed heads and people with, you know, like hands coming out of their brains and, and just. A lot of really gross, gross, bloody stuff that I was drawing back then. So, and I always have drawn stuff like that, you know, just for fun. Like, if you give me a pencil and a paper and I'm just going to sketch something, it's probably going to be a monster of some kind or some kind of demon or goblin. So I decided to take, lead into that strong point. So I was like, you know, let's do a, a, some, something in the horror genre. Let's do something with, with monsters and stuff like that. So I started kicking ideas around, and um, I came up with the idea of, of doing something about a family. And that mostly becomes, you know, I'm a family man. I have five kids and a wife, and I'm really big into into my family. So I was like, let's do some horror thing with 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 the family. And that came into that that turned into, what if it's more than just one family? What if it's this this family throughout time, and there's a bunch of a bunch of characters, a bunch of stories. And then I was really getting into like anthologies at the time because I like I like the idea of you know multiple creators and multiple voices on a book and multiple voices from different backgrounds. So. I was like, hmm, what if I got people to write scripts in this world that I'm creating with all these characters? Because I sat down and I created about 250, 260 different characters, something like that, um, you know, with birthdays, death days, uh, small little backstories, names, relationships, all the way through from like 1500 to like 2100, somewhere like that, you know, like a 600 year time frame. I built these characters. And um, so I was like, let's, 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 let's build the backstory of this world. And then let's see if I can get people to play in this world with me. And then I went down the path of um, finding writers, which uh, was an interesting, an interesting, um, an interesting way to do it. Because I put a post up on a Facebook group called uh, Connecting Comic Book Writers and Artists. And in that group, I just basically said, hey, I have an idea for an anthology. It's a little different. All the stories are connected via the family. And the stories take place somewhere on the t- on somewhere somewhere throughout time on the family timeline and what i want to do is you know work with people help them create stories in this world and then draw them all so i put that post up and i end the post with you know everybody will get paid for the work because i don't know about you or anybody else out there that works in indie comics or in comics that go to kickstarter these days but and not to knock on when i say this i'm not trying to knock on anybody who does this because it's a, it's a totally viable way to to do your comic um because not everybody can fund things, but a lot of them are like, hey, let's make this comic, and if it funds, we'll pay you out of the Kickstarter funds, right? I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go into the book, and I wanted to be, hey, I'm going to put all the financial risk of this book on myself, not on the, not on the creators. I'm not going to ask you as a writer or an artist to come in and, and do basically work for me for free on the promise of if this funds, I'll pay you then, because then I have a high to do a higher funding goal, so I ended up working it out to where I budgeted myself and I paid all the writers and all the artists and everybody who worked in the book prior to the book, you know, going to Kickstarter because I didn't want to have anybody waiting on, 
on money, you know, and that way they knew that, <laughs> you know, I'm fully invested and fully serious about this book. So I put that post up on the Facebook page and I got like 250 responses for writers, which was a ton. So I spent the next two weeks sitting and reading sample scripts and, and pitches and all this kind of fun stuff. And, um, initially I was going to do one, one giant book, but I was going to do one, like 250 page book. So my goal was I'm going to hire 10 writers or, or 25 writers to tell 25 stories and then, um, we'll work from there. So I, I, I whittled it down from 250 to 25 and I was picking people based upon, um, basically two, two main ideas. One, do I like what they wrote or what they're assuming for, for samples, right? And do I like their ideas and how they're running through this? And two, can I, can I get along with this person? Can I, can I, can I create with this person? Because I didn't want to hire someone just because they were a great writer if I couldn't get along with them. Because, I mean, while that's a, uh, you know, that's a good way to do it if you want great stories sometimes. But I wanted to, I wanted more than just creating a great story with someone. I wanted to create a great story and kind of create a great collaboration with them. And, and you know, if you can't, if somebody, if, if I perceive somebody to be a jerk, whether they, whether they are or not, but like, I can't get along with them in chat and talking. I don't really want to, I'm not going to want to work with them too much. So I wanted to make sure it was people that I could get along with because I feel like when you're collaborating with somebody, especially if you have the option to pick who you want to collaborate with, if you can, you know, talk with them easier and I don't know, just be friendly with them. It makes, it makes a collaboration a lot more fun. And ultimately this book was about, you know, having a lot of fun and creating something awesome. So I, I whittled on 25 and, um, ultimately, you know, when you, when you have a project like this and you have people come on, people are going to drop out. So I knew that I knew that ahead of time. So the plan was, you know, I was probably going to end up with about 20 scripts, but I was going to hire 25. Right. And ultimately I had that first batch, only like two or three, um, dropped out. I mean, I had to fire one guy, um, for ridiculous reasons, but I had to fire one guy and like two dropped out because they just didn't have time for it. And that was fine. So I had about 22, 23 scripts. And then over the course of the next couple of months, several of the writers were like, Hey, I got a buddy who writes scripts too. Are you interested in, in him? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Send him my way or send her my way, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to him and we'll see. So I ended up getting more scripts. And then, um, fast forward to about a year, I ended up having like 30 some scripts, which was pretty cool. Cause Oh, I have more scripts than I want. So we decided, I decided, Hey, instead of one giant book, I have so many scripts. Let's do, let's do four smaller books. You know, they're still good size. They're still 64 plus pages each. But let's, let's tell these stories over four separate books. That way we can get them out there and um, each book can be a, be a better product. So originally, I was going to draw all the stories myself. I was going to do all the artwork myself and uh, basically it's going to be like a portfolio piece for me of different art styles and different storytelling techniques. After drawing the first story, which took me way too long, um, I decided, you know, let's get some help on this. Let's Instead of me being selfish and drawing the whole thing myself, let's get some other artists in here that I can think can work well with these scripts. Let's do some, some, some artisan script marriages here and let's make this book the best it can possibly be, which means I'm not necessarily going to be doing all the art because I'm going to have other people come in who can tell these kinds of stories better than I can. So I started writing, I started like contacting artists that I knew. First one I contacted was Rick Bugby. Because I've worked with Rick before. Rick's an amazing artist. He's like the unsung hero of any comics, in my opinion. He's this untapped resource from, from people. I don't know. I don't know how he's not a bigger deal. Like he's just an amazing artist. His his way he renders pages, the way he renders and sets up paneling, it's just it it's 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 masterful. So I called him and I was like, Hey man, I got this idea and and I, I really want you involved with it. And he was like, Yeah, man, I'd love to. So he came on board and he drew Camelot's gift for me. He also drew the story Some Days for me. 
and he's drawing a story for book two called Fate's Lonely Passage, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the book. And then I met, I was looking at one of his forums, and I met Greg Warrenchak, and I was like, hey, I, I love your clean art style. I have a story that I would love for you to work on. And we came and I started chatting, and then we worked out, and he uh, ended up drawing uh, the story called The Black Hand, written by Travis Webb. Um, he did the penciling, I did the inks, and then uh, Travis Webb wrote it. And I brought him on because his lines were, he did such such clean, such like beautifully clean artwork that it, contra it, con it contracted so well with um, you know Rick's because I wanted to make sure each story in this book had its own feel and wasn't just like, you know, same style, same style, same style, same style, because I wanted each story to have their own feel throughout time because then that separates them out from each other and it gives you kind of your, each story is its own thing. So I brought Greg on and he did that story, you know, and then I started reaching out and like looking for other artists, um, basically on Twitter, on Facebook, I would just watch groups and watch hashtags and stuff to see if people come up that I liked their art with. And when I saw someone that I thought, oh, this person's really good, I would reach out and I would contact them and say, hey, are you interested in this, this crazy, excuse me, in this crazy idea that I have? So that's how I met um, Daniel Tarona was on Facebook. I met him. He drew the story Something Borrowed, which was written by T.S. Black. And he had, he had such a clean style as well, but his, his style was clean but different than Greg's. And it was just, he just had like these clean architectural lines and these clean face structures and stuff. And I was like, hey, are you, are you interested in this? And we started talking it out. And he was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then I found um, Sebastian Baiano um, out of Argentina. And he has such a, his, his, he does very good negative space. And so his art is so, so gripping and so, so it just grabs you because he has a lot of blacks and a lot of whites. It's a lot of just like heavy use of negative space. And it just, it came out like you just feel the emotion and the power in what he's drawing. So I, I talked to him and I was like, man, here, I, I love the way you draw this stuff. I have a, I have a perfect story for you. And we'd worked it out. And then I contacted my buddy, Clayton Holyfield, who draws and writes a comic book called San Win. And I was like, hey, I know you've been wanting to do something a little different than what you do. Because he does, San Win is like a comedy chef comic book. It's really fun and really good. But I have something really, really dark and really demented for you, if you're interested. And he's like, I'll take a look at it. So he read the script and he's like, nope, I, I got to do this. So he came on board to draw The Wanderer, which is written by Michael Tanner. And then I had... um. I had a, a script by Greg Smith who wrote uh, Junior Graves of the Apocalypse with Michael Tanner. And it was a 1980s set piece with um, Skinwalkers. And on Twitter, I met uh, J. Paul Sheik. And I saw his art and his, his, loved it. I loved the way he colored things. I loved his lines. And then we ended up talking. I brought him on board to draw that one. And um, you know, he, he sent me a couple pages already. And it's, just, it's beautiful. And then... Rounding out the story list of this whole thing that I'm going through here, um, Casey Allen, who is my co-editor of the book, because about eight months ago, I was like, man, there's a lot of work to do on this book. There's so many, there's so many moving parts in this book because of all the creators are in the book, because of the, uh, the, the level of what I wanted to make release this book at with the website and all the information we wanted to get out there and, and all the stuff I wanted to do. Um, I brought him on as a co-editor. And with that, he's also a writer. So he wrote a story called The Solo Heart for this for this book and i was like and that was actually the only story in this book that i didn't i didn't select the artist for um casey selected his own artist um, and he was the only one who selected an artist um outside of this so he he brought on rob toll to do the art for his for his uh his, his story this solid heart and um rob he's uh, sent over a couple of uh sketch pages he's still working on it right now as we speak 
and it'll be done probably mid February. That that story because he, he came on that one came on in late to the to the game. But Rob is just doing a great job. Like the the detail he's doing on the on on the characters in that book is just just stunning. But um, yeah, that that rounds out all the people that are involved on just on just the the on just the art and just the uh, script side and the stories and like how it all came together. But we have like I mean I have DC Alonzo who came in and did some coloring work for us. Um, oh, actually, there's one more story. Uh, Kenrick Regan, who you know from my show, he wrote a story for this book. I forgot this one. Um, he wrote a, a Christmas story based in the 90s that we actually got Scott Godleski, um, who draws Copperhead, Batwoman, Green Lantern, Superman, stuff like that, uh, to come in and do the artwork for. And then I did colors over that one. So we've, it's a very eclectic group of people because, and all those people that I said, you know, we've got people from the US, from Canada, from England, from Argentina, Indonesia, Philippines, uh, Spain, you know, all over the world and all different walks of life. And we have the, uh, one of the writers is from Nigeria. So it's a, it's, you get a very good worldview and different voices in this book, which is, which is really awesome. And then rounding out the creative list that I can remember off the top of my head, because I'm doing this all off the top of my head and I can't, I hope I don't forget anybody. Um, Nikki Powers is, is doing a lot of her lettering and uh, she's been amazing at getting the pages done quickly and, and very professionally making them look awesome. So I'm not sure if that answers your question. I think I kind of went off on a tangent there and talked about more stuff, but that's, that's the, the gist of everybody in the book and the stories in the book. Well, I mean, it was that question and like five more that I had all answered in one shot. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm just pre-gaming it here, right? <laughs> it's almost like you know what you're doing. Well, I've done a few of these interviews so far and they kind of, all the questions in my head kind of blend together. <laughs> you know, one of the things I really enjoyed was that different art style in all of them. Um, I mean, it was a little weird for me looking at what I got just because it's a sample and I know that, it, you know, it's, some of them are a page here and there and like some of them aren't colored and they're going to be eventually or some of them are partially colored, which which looks cool. But yeah. I know that's not how they're going to finish. Right. But I me mean, just flipping through. The first thing I did was just flip through everything real quick just to see what caught my eye because I knew it would be kind of some different stuff and just the real big differences between everything in the order they're in here anyway. I mean, I really liked how drastically different everything was. Yeah, I did too. And that, that, that was on purpose. I wanted to make sure that the artists working the book weren't, you know, a lot of artists out there, you'll see, not a lot, but I mean, you'll see artists who have similar styles, right? But it was important for these books, for this first book here and for the future ones that we have artists that are really good at their style and it shows through and they don't, that each story doesn't mimic each other as far as how they look. And I really love how you decided to just pay everybody to, instead of waiting for Kickstarter to do its thing, because yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, people deserve to get paid for their stuff. And I mean, you don't, you, uh, you can't get somebody to go work at, you know, the convenience store down the street. And if you make money or if somebody comes in, then you'll get paid. Yeah. I mean, you, you kind of exactly. can in some places with commission jobs, but, they're mostly in ones where it's going to be worth it. Right, right. And they like said that was that was really important to me because as a creator myself, you know, I've done work for for people before. It's like, oh, well, you know, if we make profits, we'll give you a percentage of the profits. But if I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. I'll, at the time, I was like, yeah, that's fine. But then I'm, I'm, the more I thought about it, I'm like, no. I mean, I'm doing the work. Why, why are we? Why are we getting upfront payment? Now, and I understand everybody out there who makes indie comics can't afford to upfront pay people with their ideas, and that's that's whatever. That's fine. You work out whatever deals you can work out, and that's cool. But for me personally, I was like, hey, I'm in a position where, you know, I took two and a half years to get this first book to where I'm at now. Over that time frame, I'm, like, I'm in a position where I can afford to, you know, pay people what they need to get paid for this book. And, you know, 
in short spurts over, over the two years and get this book built with people I want and have them be, you know, credited for their work and paid for their work ahead of time. That way, and, and for me too, it also, it puts this thing on me because I was like, I mean, hey, you know, if I'm paying these people, I need to, I need to make sure me, I take this serious and I do my job to get it done because I don't know about you, but when you're shelling out money for something, it's, it's, it's more of a time, hey, I need to, I need to stay on top of this and, and see it through to the end because I, I, you know, I, I invested my money into this and, you know, the risk is on me now. So it's just a matter of, 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 you know, people always, if you watch the Twitter, watch the Twitter, if you watch Twitter or any online forums about, you know, work for hire for comics for that, a lot of it's like, people are like, oh, well, you know, you get the exposure out of this, get the exposure out of this for artists and stuff. And it's like, no, I mean, you can't promise exposure because that's, that, that's worth something here or there maybe, but, you know, money talks a lot. And it's, uh, people take you more seriously when you're willing to, when you're willing to pay them up front and put the risk on yourself for a project you're creating, I think at least. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's just like with podcasting stuff too, you know, you get everybody who wants to like, I'll tell people that you edited my podcast, but that doesn't do anything for them. It right. just lets people know that, Hey, this person might edit your podcast for free. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So how many of these people that you got to work on the book did you know before putting up all the Facebook posts? Oh, um, let's see. I knew probably three, I think. I knew Greg Smith, from the writer of um, Nate Erdstadt's and the Casino Walkers. I knew Rick Bugby, the artist for Camelot's Gift, Some Days. I knew Clayton Holyfield, who is the artist for The Wanderer. And I'm pretty sure every, yeah, everybody else came from after the book was started and, uh, after I, you know, without, I, I, through those posts and through me reaching out to people, but those three I knew for, I knew beforehand. Well, and Kenrick too. I, I, knew, I always forget Kenrick. I don't know why, but I knew Kenrick before the, the book started too. <laughs> I mean, I'd hope you knew Kenrick before it started. I mean, he is my wife's uncle, so I've known him for a while. <laughs> he's been, he's been great though on this book. He's been basically for, even before he was a writer in the book, he was like, I mean, the hype man for the book. We were going, we went to San Diego Comic-Con back in 2017. And um, at that, everybody we talked to, he brought up this Einz anthology and would like pitch it to the everybody to get their get their thoughts on this on this thing for me, and I'm like, man, like what? He pitched it to Andy Kubert at in, at in a signing line. We're standing there, and he's like, hey, this guy's got an idea for a book. Here's what it is. What do you think of this? And Andy Kubert's like, oh, and we and he talked to me about it for like a couple minutes. Like, no, that sounds really awesome. And um, he would do that to everybody. Like Mike Grill, he told Mike Grill about it. We'd go on our podcast. We'd interview people like Richard Cadry and Scott Godleski, and he. And he would, oh, by the way, Johnny, Johnny writes comics too. Here's his, here's what he's working on. And part of me was like, man, dude, shut up. I don't want to embarrass myself. But then part of me was like, he's telling everybody. And so far, everybody's like really positive about this, about this idea. And so that kind of helped that. Kendrick by himself kind of helped fuel and keep me going. Um, but this, his excitement behind this, these stories in this book as well. And then, you know, later on, he was like, we were, him and I were talking about writing. He was like, man, I've always wanted to, you know, write a comic book. But I don't know what I'd ever do. And uh, oh, I didn't. I said I didn't. I didn't know you wrote stuff. It's like he was like, yeah, man. I used to write stories all the time in college. Now after afterwards, I was like, well, why don't you write a script for Ions and we'll see if it's good enough or not, and we'll see if it's good. And if it's good, we'll put it. You know, we'll, we'll use it. He's like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I mean, if it's not good, I'll tell you, and I won't use it. You know, I won't be. I'm not going to be shy about it. So he wrote the script. That he he wrote the Nancy Ions script for the book, and I got it back, and I was like, no, this is really cool. This is this is a uh, it's a really fun little story. So let's use it. He's like, are you, are you like, really? Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, man. It's, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not going to put a crappy story in my book, <laughs> you know? 
and he came back and it was it was good and it's it's uh you know he now he's gonna have a published story in a book which is gonna be great because it's something he's always wanted and it, I, I'm happy because you know it came out it came out really cool and we got Scott Galdowski to draw it who's one of my favorite current you know one of my favorite current artists out there so that was a, you know a big win for us and you know having someone like Kendrick on the book who's a, who is a built-in hype man from day one has been invaluable for for me to make sure I'm motivated to finish this thing you know. So how far ahead do you have this thing planned? Like, do you have all your artists and everything ready? I'm assuming you've got a bunch of them for volume two, but how far are you into finding people for three and four? So book two is about halfway done. We have eight of the stories picked out to go into book two. And of those eight stories, four and a half of them are drawn. I say four and a half because one of them is still being drawn right now. Um, so we have four and a half drawn, eight, you know, eight picked. Um, we'll probably have to, we'll probably be adding, I think, one more to it because that one has... Um, a relatively long story in it so it has, has less stories so it's more pages book three we started already um we've got one story that's already completed all the way up to colors it just needs lettering now and it's a, a nine page story on that one and um we're currently working on selecting the scripts to go into books three and book four the the when i say we i mean myself and casey who are who's my co-editor in the book casey allen um we uh we're, we're waiting off a little bit on books three and four to finalize what's going in there because each book itself tells a bigger story. So there's short stories in each book, but if you read the book as a whole, there's an overall arching narrative throughout it. And so books one, two, three, and four will all have their own, you know, start, middle, end for the book as a whole. But then all four books together will tell one larger story. So you'll have each book is a story. Each story in the book is a shorter story, but all four together tells one larger story. So we're holding off a little bit on um, picking the direction of books three and four. I mean, I know where it's going to go at the end of four, right? I'm not, I'm not quite sure what's happening in three yet, to be honest, um, as far as the big story, but I know where four is going. But we're holding off on selecting those stories because we want to finish book one, get it out, and then get through book two as far as like not get it printed, but get through book two as like selecting all the stories. And then we can pick the direction how we want book three to go and then make book four work. Because we have, we have some more stories to create for books three and four. I have tons of scripts that aren't in books yet. We just have to go through them, figure out which ones fit best where, figure, you know, find all the connecting pieces, add, you know, add in whatever need, we need to catch the stories in, and then make it there, though. But as it sits, we are scheduled, if we can stick to our current working habits for this book, which shouldn't be a problem because I'm, a bit of an insane person when it comes to working on this. I kind of work on it all the time. Um, we have this book done, ready to go. Book two, we should be able to release in the next three to four months after this book and after book one ends. And then three and four will be three to four months after that. So our, our goal is to have all four books out within the next year to year and a half. Um, and we should be able to meet that pattern because, like I said, I've got two almost done. Three's already started. And I have, an, I have enough stories ready to go. To, to, if I wanted to just blatantly apply them in a book i could you know probably do five or six books but we're selecting the right stories for the right books to make sure the the, the overall arcing story tells is is better and, and the best it can possibly be and all that overarching story stuff is something i'm really excited about because you know obviously i'm not going to get that from looking at a bunch of sample pages no because there's a story that so there's there's a story right i haven't named it yet because i'm still writing it and still I'm, I'm, there's a story that i'm writing doing the art for it's the 10th story in the book and right now it's just called the story between the pages and I'm going to change that name because that's what I called it for myself to know what it is. But basically, there is this, a, a tenth story in the book that takes place in between each story. So page one is like the first page of the book. And then 
you read the first story, like page five would be the second page of, the, of that story. And it, it breaks out in between each story. And it tells, it, it's what tells this overarching story that leads into and out of every story that you read. And that's one that I'm, that's, that's the 10th story that I'm working on for this book. And each book will have that kind of a story to it that weaves these stories together. And I'm really excited about that because I, I, I made the first draft of that and I put, I made a, I made a, like a, a, a dummy book, right? On my computer that has all the pages of the book and has all the pages for that in-between story that I wrote um, without art because I haven't finished art form all, but you know, just the pages there and gave it out to a, a few select people for a read through. Um, and if you want to read that, I can, I'll be happy to share it with you if you wanted to read through it. Um, and uh, the, the feedback on that, on the interconnecting story was really good. So I'm really happy with how that came out. And, and cause that was a risk, right? Cause I was worried it was going to come off cheesy. I was worried it might, it might not sit well, you know, because when you put things in between stories and try to use that as a connecting piece, it can go either way. But I was happy to hear that it, it, it worked and it, it helped flow things really well to create that bigger story that I wanted for these books. And I'm really excited to get people's feedback on that once I have all the art and done art pages done for that and everything like that. It's gonna be gonna be exciting for me. So I've heard from somewhere that there might be a little bit of a soundtrack for this too. Um any truth to that? Because <laughs> I think it might have been Kenrick just pulling stuff out of his ass. No, that's fully, fully true. There is going to be a soundtrack, an eleven-song soundtrack for this book, that'll be offered as a stretch goal reward um, on the Kickstarter. We have, I have some a couple of bands, um, a couple of my old bands, uh, some amazing musicians come on, and they've contributed songs, either songs that they already had recorded that fit the theme of the story, or some custom songs written straight for this book, like Joey Etzel, who is a writer on, in in the book, not in book one, but he's his story. I think is going to be in book two or maybe book three. Um, it's a really good futuristic robot story and I love it, but he came on and he actually wrote the theme song. So in that, uh, that audio ad piece, we have the music that he is that was custom composed for this book. And he has another song that he custom wrote and recorded for this book. And it's a couple songs like that. So each story itself has a song that ties to it. And then there's, uh, the, uh, the 11th song, which is the theme song for the entire book. So there would def there's definitely going to be a soundtrack and it'll be out there for people to listen to. And the goal, if we can hit the stretch goal for that one, um, I'm actually going to have it mastered and printed up and mailed out to everybody. So they'll actually get a, a CD copy of the soundtrack. I know people don't usually use CDs anymore, but I mean, I just think it's cool. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a soundtrack and it's going to be awesome because the songs on it so far, as with the stories of the book being very varied and eclectic, the music on the soundtrack is very varied and eclectic to go with the stories because I didn't, I didn't tell people, hey, I want the same genre for the, for the whole thing. I said, I want songs that fit the theme of what the, what the story is. So you have, you know, techno composing songs, you have metal songs, you have alternative punk songs, you know, you have all this kind of stuff that just fits with whatever, whatever story they're going to. And it's, it's, it's going to be, I think it's going to be beautiful. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, to experience the soundtrack and experience it with, with the book and kind of see how they, how they feel about that. I mean, that just sounds really exciting. I mean, I'm one of the people who also doesn't listen to CDs anymore. Yeah. But I'd I mean, still be really excited to get my hands on that. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll, it'll, have, it'll have custom artwork and the info about all the all the musicians on there. I mean, it'll be released digitally, too. It'll, it'll be up on all the all the digital platforms, and it'll be on you know, a download and stuff like that, too. But I think just having, personally for me, getting a physical CD with a cover on it is just going to be... A little extra cool thing, you know, it's like, oh, this is cool soundtrack for a book, you know, just, 
I know people do it before, but I, I got the idea. I was just sitting around like a month or two ago, and I was like, it'd be cool if these stories had songs tied to them. And I started listening to some of my, my, old, my old music that I recorded in studios. I was like, this one would fit this this one. And I started talking to people, and I was like, like, yeah, I'll do a song for you. And so we, I just kind of started working it out with, uh, with with bands and with groups and getting songs submitted in and, and pairing, pairing them up with stories and realizing how, how much fun it was just to add music to this. Because I'm, I'm a big music buff. You know, I love music, and I was in bands for years, and I recorded albums and stuff like that. And I was like, so by any time I can incorporate music into anything, it's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. So... That's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, ex- I'm excited for that one. This is actually the first time I've talked about that on any, on any show because I haven't really, really released that information publicly. So um, there's your exclusive, I guess, right? Sweet. I'm getting exclusives all over the place. Right. It's because you're such a nice guy. I like you. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am recording this thing for you at uh, 7 a.m. in the morning, hiding in my bathroom closet because everyone's asleep. So. <laughs> oh, th- that makes me feel so special that you're willing to wake up practically before the sun for me. <laughs> Yeah, the sun the the sun's not was not up when I got up this morning for this, and uh, you know, but you know what? It's worth it because uh, you're giving me free promo for the book on this on this uh, podcast. So I'm super happy to be here. So if this sounds exciting to people, where can they get their hands on it? Because I know that I want to get my hands on it, but I've got the inside track because I can just talk to you. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't know me, <laughs> you can go to eyesanthology.com/slash/kickstarter, and that's e y n e s anthology.com slash kickstarter and it will take you right to the kickstarter page you can also just go to kickstarter.com and just search for eins e-y-n-e-s and it'll come up it'll be the it'll probably be the only one only result for that word um because it's not a common word you know it, it is a real last name though it's an irish last name but search for it there that'll take you to the kickstarter rewards um if you don't mind do you mind if i tell what some of the rewards are no have at it cool cool so for ten dollars, you can get the digital PDF of the book, right? You just get the you get a copy mail to you it's for you to read on your computer, your laptop, your your tablet, your your your, your watch, whatever. I don't care, whatever, whatever you can read on, you can read on. But in that word also what it means is you get everything that's digital. So if we add stuff that's digital, if we add wallpapers, if we add other books from people for, or for myself, that ten dollars will also get you all those books. So anything we add digitally will come in that ten dollar level. Now, if you double that to twenty, you can get an actual physical copy of the book as well as any extra rewards that are physical. So if we add that soundtrack, you'll get that at that $20 level. When we add, or if we add, you know, print packs or prints or other kind of like bookmarks or, you know, whatever have you that we add that people want, that $20 will be, will, will include all of that. If you want a little more, and I believe it's at the, I think it's at the $35 level. Yeah, $35 level, I believe. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'm just off the top of my head. It's like $35 and you'll get the book, all the print stuff, all the digital stuff, Plus, you get the book will come signed and sketched. I'll draw a sketch on the cover of it of one of the monsters, and it comes personalized to you. Now, for $50, we have a variant cover, which is a variant blank cover, which instead of just sketching on it, I will actually do a full-on color illustration on the front of it of one of the monsters or some monster in the book. Or if you want something else, you know, I'll do whatever, I'll do whatever you want. On, or if you leave it up to me, it's going to be a monster of some kind. A fully colored illustration on the front, and that will get you that book with that drawing on the front, plus all the digital rewards, plus any other physical stuff that we add, like, you know, the bookmarks or any prints or stuff like that, or the CD that I talked about. If you want to go a little higher, at $75, we have um, this really cool one-of-a-kind um, reward that uh, Clayton Holyfield donated to this, which is awesome. So when Clayton started drawing the Wanderer pages, he printed out a copy of the script, and he did all of his notes and pre-sketches and layouts on the script pages himself. So for $75, you'll get that original script signed by Michael Tanner, the writer, Signed by Clayton Holyfield, the artist, and signed by myself as the creator of the book. 
with a full on he's he's gonna do an ink sketch of, of the, the main character on the back of that script page plus he'll get the book and any other digital or physical rewards that are added um, at those levels if you want to go a little more and if you want to say if you're a retailer or if you want to buy copies for your friends at the hundred hundred dollar level you'll get six copies of the book which basically means you buy five get one free plus you'll get any of the digital rewards or other rewards we add and if you're really feeling like you want something one of a kind at the two hundred dollar level we have original art pages so i've got pages from i believe six of the stories total that we're going to be selling off for two hundred dollars to get um one page from that story that you get to pick so it's first back first pick so if you want a story a page from some days you want a page from something borrowed or from the cross pass or, or whatever story is there the first one to back we get their first pick of which page they want you'll be able to see all the pages and you pick one and then uh, you know it goes from there and you'll get that page uh, it becomes it'll come signed to you uh, either to you or just flat sign if you want it you'll get the book you'll get the print pack you'll get any other physical rewards all mailed to you the same as, as well you'll get um all the digital stuff that comes out and um you get a really big thank you because you know that those those higher rewards really help fund the book and um that's all the rewards we have right now we do have some um some higher rewards some other rewards we're going to be I mean, we might be adding like mid campaign but i haven't added them yet because they're not all finalized and i don't want to put up put up rewards that aren't finalized yet so what if they don't happen then i don't want to screw myself over but I think that gives you a good idea of what you can expect from this book. A lot of unique stuff and a lot of really good stuff and stuff that I think is stuff that I would want to buy if I was backing a book, you know, and it's, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, the, just people are aware we do have a, an early backer reward where you get the book sign and sketch for less money. I think it's, it stays at $20 for like the first 50 people, but the, um, the, uh, the sketch cover, if you want the sketch cover, there's only a limited number of those. I think, I think we only have like 30 of those. So only the first 30 people who want the sketch cover can actually get one because but it more than that, I, I have no time to do anything. I'd be, I'd be drawing all day, which is fine. I'd love to, but we limited them because we want to make them unique. We want to make them to where it's something only a certain number of people have, and each one will be different and unique too. So if you're interested in that, please, by all means, back in and keep, and keep me busy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least for me, it's really just a question of which level do I want to go to. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun. I think we got some good rewards. We have, we have rewards priced for any, you know, all budgets really um, because we want to make sure it was accessible for the story. And if people want more stuff, they can get more stuff. And of course, if there are anybody who is like me and is pretty sure they'll spell things wrong, we'll have links to the Kickstarter stuff, the website, everything else you could possibly think of down in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you doing that because then it makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, I know I can't spell things worth shit. I typos all the time so we're just gonna eliminate <laughs> that and if you're worried about it you can click a link yeah spell check saves my life at work not gonna lie <laughs> so john i think that pretty much wraps it up um anything else you want to let everybody know before we let them go um just the last thing i want to say is if you go to the website you can sign up for email updates which will email you anything new that we add or any or when the or when the next campaign for the next book goes live um we don't email all the time we email at most at most once a week, maybe twice a week during the campaign. But even even with no campaign going, it's like once, maybe twice a month. You know, not that much. And if at the most once a week, so you can sign up for that. Um, you can also follow our Facebook, our Twitter, or Instagram from the website if you want to. And um, if for some reason you want to find me online and like follow what I do, just search on any social media for Y two C L, and you'll find me there. And that's it. All right. I'm really excited to get my hands on this because I know I'm at least going for the physical copy of the book. Nice. I'm excited to, I'm excited to have it in my hands too, because this has been a two and a half year dream to get, come to where I'm at now. <laughs>
And this is a thing I want to keep doing. So if you know of any other creators who would want to come on, kind of talk about their stuff, you know, let them know. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to talk to other people. But John, you are definitely the first. I appreciate that. That was awesome. I'm glad to be the first. Normally, we'd end the show with Best Days Music again, talk about all the other cool stuff, blah, 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 blah. We're not going to do that today. Instead, John has given me access to a really cool sound file, just another way that you can check out the idea of this book and everything. It's amazing. I know I'm going to be giving him money so I can at least get the physical copy. That's my baseline there. So just take a listen to this and then roll right into listening to something else awesome or try to figure out how you're going to convince people that you're not insane for getting 78 copies of his book. Monsters are everywhere. They always have been. They lurk, hidden in every shadow, behind every dark thought. They are probably in your closet, possessing your friends, and they're almost certainly creeping behind you now. They are most often undetectable, and when they're not, it's too late. Throughout time, these monsters have feasted on society, both physically and metaphysically. The chaos they bring fuels a great dark spirit that seeks to end the world with pain and torment. The Ains are our only hope. The Ains family has been cursed since before recorded history to detect the presence of these monsters. It is their bound duty to stop these creatures from destroying humanity through any means necessary, be it by sword, spell, or other. Though the Ains can feel when the creatures are in close proximity, the monsters themselves are also drawn toward the family. But not everything is as it seems. And although the war between the monsters and the Ains has waged for centuries, the black and white battle lines have grayed over the years. Not all monsters may be considered evil, and not all Ains are as righteous as one would think. These are the tales of the Ains family. Visit AinesAnthology.com to find out more. <laughs> <laughs>